What is up, Plugged In listeners? Happy Saturday. Welcome to Plugged In on Anchor. I'm Pete Brown, your host. I hope that everybody's had a great day so far, a great weekend so far. My day has been pretty relaxing. I've been able to um, get a little bit of work done. My uh, wife's mother and sister-in-law are in town, so I've been able to hang out with them a little bit. I think they got a little bit of shopping done on tax-free weekend, so I'll let them handle that. Um, I was able to get stay home and get a little bit of work done. Um, but today, got a lot of news to get into. I've uh, been slacking a little bit on um, posting um, a new episode, so a lot of news to cover over the last um, 10 days or so. Uh, I'm going to get into some announcements from LastPass, if any of y'all are secure or familiar with uh, LastPass and, and their uh, password management system. I'm um, going to get into some news from Samsung regarding uh, their Bixby voice assistant and uh, Galaxy Note 8 and uh, some potential launch date information. Um, also had some new leaks from the Google Pixel, uh, the upcoming uh, Google Pixel 2s, uh, at least what we're calling it for now. Um, and SNES Classic, there was some issues regarding some pre-orders with Walmart. Um, I was a a victim of that, so I'll get into a little bit more information there. Um, And then wrap it up, kind of a main topic, uh, another subject I I talk about pretty frequently, but um, because he's always in the news, Elon Musk uh, made news um, with the boring company that he's been discussing a little bit more lately and uh, some Model 3 news um, as as those initial um, Model 3s got handed over to their owners um so some pretty exciting stuff there so we'll get into all that um again a lot of news to cover since uh, i've been slacking a little bit and getting these these posted um but uh really excited to, to get into these topics uh, feel free to leave a voicemail um in the anchor app and reach out to me through there uh reach out to me on twitter i'm at paul jones b and at plugged in underscore tech for the show's um uh, account um so Please feel free to reach out to me any way you can. Um, let me know what you think of the show, uh, any topics that you want to hear discussed, or just any feedback from the topics that are being discussed in today's episode or any previous episodes. Um, the show is now available on um, most major podcasting platforms, um, Google Play Music, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, and Pocket Cast, um, kind of the main four, as well as within the Anchor app. Um, so wherever you're listening, please feel free to reach out to me. Let me know where you're listening, um, how you heard about the show, um, anything like that. Um, you know, I've, I've really loved using Anchor, um, and as they've grown, just kind of been able to, to grow a little bit with them, and and uh, they've they've added features really quickly that that have been a lot of fun to use. So I'm excited to to continue doing that. Um, but let's got, dive into these topics um, and get into some tech news. So last week. LastPass um, announced a new tier for their subscription model um, called LastPass Families. And so what this is designed to do um, is allow for multiple users, up to six users, to be under the same plan um, and kind of be able to share their login information um, in one shared folder um, and be able to access that for, you know, if you have maybe shared bills or any kind of things like that that you're sharing with your roommates or your family members, um, makes it really easy to, to share login information there. Um, if you're unfamiliar with LastPass, it is a pass, password management system. Um, it's encrypted kind of password vault. Um, and so it, it I use it personally and, and it stores all my passwords. Most of my passwords nowadays, I don't even know what they are because LastPass will generate um, a long, secure password that, that is really hard to crack into and hard to hard to duplicate. 
So I've really enjoyed it. Um, it, it is a, a paid service. The price of the LastPass families is, is kind of uncertain right now, but the um, LastPass um, the premium account, um, they do have a free tier, but the premium account is $12 a year. So not very expensive, um, really is worth it to, to keep your login information safe and, and to stop using redundant passwords that make it that much easier to, uh, to, to get, you know, hacked. Um, so they have, there's a, there's a feature within the, the family's uh, plan called backup plan and it enables emergency access to family members. If there's ever, you know, an unexpected death or injury or any situation like that, where, um, you may need to give access to the rest of your passwords, uh, within your vault, um, and, and not really have a way to do it because you're unable to. So I think that's a pretty good feature. It really, um, shows kind of how much they've thought about this. Um, it, it also, you know, kind of has the standard features of LastPass. You can protect your bank account information, login, password information, passport information, um, and any kind of sensitive notes or, or information you want to, to, to be kept in a more secure, encrypted way. Um, LastPass is a really good way to do that. And there are other uh, password management systems out there that are, that are really good. Um, One password is, is great. InPass and Dashlane are, are two others. Um, so a lot of great options out there, but but LastPass is kind of the first to offer kind of a family plan um, that we kind of see a lot with, with music subscriptions and things like that. So a really cool thing uh, coming out of LastPass. I um, actually was kind of invited for a beta test on that, so I'm going to kind of test that out. Um, my, my wife also uses LastPass, so going to kind of try and test that out with her um, just kind of see what all kind of features are, are available and, and if it's something that, uh, that is viable for us to use. Got a lot of news coming out of Samsung the last couple of weeks, um, starting with their Bixby voice assistant. Um, now, this is a voice assistant that was initially announced on the Samsung Galaxy S8 and the S8 Plus. Um, it was not available at launch, um, which a lot of people were kind of upset about. It was one of the main selling features for um, the new Galaxy line and wasn't available at launch. They've started to roll that out to those devices now. Um, and, you know, for for Bixby, it's, it's not necessarily designed to be um, kind of a, a direct competitor to something like Google Assistant or, or Apple Siri or even, um, you know, Cortana with Microsoft or anything like that. It's more designed to be uh, kind of a voice assistant to get tasks done on your phone. Um, so, you know, things like, you know, creating a photo album, uh, sending texts reminders, all that kind of thing. Some of the things, you know, that other, these other assistants do, um, but this is kind of specifically designed for like automated, uh, tasks within your phone. It will gain some of that artificial intelligence and, and, and assistant type things, um, that we're kind of used to with, with a voice assistant over time. But initially it's, it's really just designed to, to get all these tasks done. And if there's something that you think you can do um, on your device, you, you're supposed to be able to just ask Bixby to do it and it'll kind of step through those, those steps to get the task done. Even if it's, um, kind of a multi-layered task, it's able to kind of step through those kind of things. Um, so interested to see how it plays out in the uh, kind of voice assistant world. There's a lot of competition there. And from what I've seen from people using um, this, this initial rollout of Bixby, there's been a lot of issues um, just with you know responding in the right way, performing the tasks that you're actually asking to do. Um, so things like that. So obviously a lot of work to do and to, to, to make it better and, and to get it up to par with some of the other assistants. But it's good that they're finally getting it on their devices because, you know, with this type of software, it's it's the type of thing that gets better when it's actually used and, and better over time. So hopefully people will start to use it and actually kind of improve it um, and, and make it better for other users. But um, there, there was actually rumors that Samsung may be working on like a Bixby speaker, which I, you know, I, I think would have been just about dead on arrival. I don't think it would have gotten a lot of support, but, um, so hopefully Samsung backed out on that, but, um, it, 
kind of kind of shows where their mind is with Bixby. They're they're kind of trying to take it to that next level, something similar to again a Google Assistant, Siri, or you know, with the speaker targeted a little bit more towards Amazon's Alexa. So um, Samsung's definitely kind of trying to put a little bit of muscle behind this, and and, and we'll see how much they dedicate to it moving forward. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt that you know they, they may put some more emphasis on it with the Galaxy Note eight um, in, in the coming months. So um, we'll we'll see kind of over over time how how much they continue to to put into Bixby, um, and if they get it up to the level of performance uh, with some of the other the other digital assistants in that realm. But um, it, again, it's good that they're finally getting it on devices and, and getting it into people's hands so they can actually use it um, and, and and again just make it better over time. So uh, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. Um, always, always got to watch what Samsung's doing, um, and, and when they're kind of spreading their wings and getting to a little bit new, a, a new realm for them. So more news coming out of Samsung again. Um, the Galaxy Note 8. Um, it appears that the launch event has been planned. Um, invitations have kind of started to go out, um, and it's going to be on August 23rd at 11 a.m. Eastern, uh, 10 a.m. Central, my time. Um, so it'll be at their Samsung Unpacked event. They have this event every year. I mean, it, it typically, um, you know will have a release of some device. Sometimes they've announced um, the Galaxy Note series at IFA um, in Berlin, but this year um, it'll, it will be at the Samsung Unpacked event, again, August 23rd. Um, and everybody's kind of expecting, again, the Galaxy, the Galaxy Note 8. There was, uh, on the invitation, there was kind of a silhouette of a, a phone with a slightly boxier design than, than the Galaxy Note 8, or excuse me, the Galaxy S8 and 8 Plus. Um, it kind of all lined up with the previous rumors and previous leaks of um, what the phone would look like. Um, and, and Samsung is, is likely to spend a lot of time kind of kind of convincing uh, the media and different viewers that basically this phone's not going to explode. Um, they've been talking a lot about their new eight point battery test that will um, catch any kind of defects and, and, and really make sure that the batteries that are going into these phones are, are up to par and, and not going to have any of the kind of issues that the Galaxy Note 7 had last year that, um, you know, personally, I thought that that may have, have doomed the Note line in general. I, I, I did at, at this time last year or at the point when, when the Samsung Galaxy Note 7 um, fiasco was going on, I, I didn't think that, that the Note name would live on. I thought they would come out with a similar device this year, but not with the Note brand. Um, so interesting that they, they did keep that, but um, it just kind of points to how important this launch is for for the notes future not necessarily for the galaxy s lines future but but for that note line um if they have any kind of issues it, it's going to be problematic for them going forward uh, but I, I think that it, it is a device that is for a little bit more of a niche market than than the, kind of the mainstream galaxy s line so uh, i think that they're that market may be a little bit more forgiving and and just kind of excited to see what samsung's got coming out next so um, again, August 23rd, um, the specs that are rumored for this device are stout, as you would imagine, for a Note line, uh, 6.3 inch infinity, infinity display, similar to on the Galaxy S8, um, Snapdragon 835, obviously the latest and greatest from Qualcomm, 6 gigabytes of RAM, which is pretty stout, uh, 12 megapixel dual uh, cameras on the back. And uh, so they're getting into the dual lens game, as most uh, flagships have these days. Um, a 3,300 milliamp hour battery, which um, if, if I remember correctly, last year they had it was a 3,500 milliamp hour battery. So a slightly smaller battery, but I imagine that has something to do with them taking extra precaution in, uh, in their batteries in general. Um, and it'll have an updated S Pen, which is kind of a staple um, feature of, of the Note line, and it will ship with Android 7.1. So um, shipping with... with Android Nougat, but or, um, 
definitely will be upgradable depending on when Samsung can get it out, but upgradable to, to Android O. Um, so exciting stuff from Samsung, um, you know, not only with Bixby, but, but with, with the Galaxy Note 8. Um, it, it is an important moment for them, and it's important to, for them to uh, to get this right and to not have any sort of fallout like like happened with the Galaxy Note 7 last year, or it could be pretty pop- problematic for them going forward. So I'm um, excited to see this phone. It, it looks like a powerhouse. It, if I ever had a chance to you know get this device um, for a le- little bit less expensive than what it'll be, and, and if I wasn't going to get the Pixel when it comes out, um, I'd, I'd be pretty excited uh, to, to get this one because it's going to be a great device. But uh, we'll be looking forward to that. I'll be tuning in on, uh, on August 23rd uh, to check out their event and uh, we'll you know, go through a, a more of a detailed rundown once the device is actually available. Um, so Galaxy Note 8, August 23rd at uh, Samsung's Unpacked event. Speaking of new devices, there have been more leaks um, for the upcoming Google Pixel 2 and Google Pixel XL 2. Um, so really excited about this device. You know, I'm a current Pixel XL user and plan to get the uh, new Pixel XL. I'm not sure on the, the name yet, just kind of calling it the Pixel 2 XL for, for now. Um, but we did get new renders. This was kind of the first time we've seen um, the smaller Pixel um, in, in, in its full glory. Um, and it does appear that the, they're going to have similar um, body styles and language um, in terms of design. Um, the, the smaller Pixel doesn't appear to have quite the edge-to-edge display as the larger Pixel. Um, there's a slightly larger bezels um, on the on the chin and, and at t- up top, but we can see on both of them that there are what appear to be dual front-facing speakers. If I had to guess, honestly, I would think that like the Nexus 6P, one of those is a, a speaker and the other is simply used as a microphone or as a earpiece. Um, so still kind of don't know if they're going to be full uh, dual front facing speakers. I would love that. I'm a big fan of the front facing speakers. I do know that, you know, last year on on the Pixel, part of the reason they did, did the um, bottom firing speakers near the charging port were for the Daydream VR headsets. It made the audio a little bit better there since since the speakers weren't being blocked. Um, so still kind of interested to see um, what the spec on the speakers will be. Um, for both models, it does not appear that there is a three and a half millimeter headphone jack, which I know a lot of people will probably be very upset about. Not a very big deal for me since I do most of my music streaming over Bluetooth. Um, I'm not an audiophile and, you know, I'm, definitely can't really distinguish you know great audio quality versus versus bad audio quality so bluetooth is fine for me um so you know going the way of of a lot of other manufacturers we've seen over the last year or so um, ditching the headphone jack which in this case and and in most cases ditching that headphone jack is done for waterproof purposes it makes it a lot easier to to make the device waterproof um so that said if this device isn't waterproof i think that's a big miss on google's part um i'm going to be very disappointed if it's not waterproof since that does kind of seem to be you know just a normal feature on a phone these days we went for so long where where you know electronics phones specifically get anywhere near water and you're screwed um so it's really nice to see the waterproofing is being picked up as kind of a standard feature for flagship devices like this, you know, you pay six, seven, eight hundred dollars for a device. You know, if you get it unlocked, you definitely expect for it to be waterproof. Um, it's at least these days. So, um, hoping that that Google ditching the headphone jack will um, 
bring bring on waterproofing for this device. Um, again, on the smaller device, like it is on, on the larger Pixel, um, the fingerprint sensor is rested just below um, kind of the glass shield on top where the camera sensors live and, and some of the other uh, NFC wireless sensors and, and radios live. Um, so the, the fingerprint sensor just below that, which again, I'm a big fan of the fingerprint sensor on the back of the device. I think it's kind of a natural resting place for your finger and um, really makes unlocking and getting in there easy. So um, that's kind of the new uh, leaks and, and renders that we have for, for the upcoming Pixel devices. Um, you know, we, we still expect for these to be announced probably in October um, and, and then actually start to begin shipping late October, early November. Uh, I've, I've heard some people that, that think that it could even um, get announced maybe in September. Uh, I'm kind of hesitant on that. There's, there's, you know, the last couple of years, there have been rumors of people thinking, oh, it's going to come out earlier than it did last year, but always kind of seems to come about the same time. So um, I still expect for, for an October announcement and, and pre-orders to begin that day and then shipments to start you know, within the following week. So um, I'm going to be tuning in whenever that keynote is and whenever these devices are announced because um, I will be readily waiting to hit that pre-order button and get my device in um, so I can get it shipped in a, in a timely fashion. So excited about that. Uh, always really get get excited around uh, new phone time. I, I kind of get that new phone itch and uh, it's always good timing and, and Google comes through with a good device. So I'm really excited for this phone and I imagine we'll see a lot more leaks in the coming weeks as we get closer to the release of this device as well as the release of um, the official release rather of, of Android O um, and kind of get the, the name for that. So excited for all that. I uh, can't wait to see this device and actually get it in hand. Um, and kind of kind of get that upgrade going. So um, that's that's some news out of Google um, for the upcoming Pixel 2 and Pixel XL 2. So I'm sure many of y'all remember last year when the NES Classic from Nintendo came out. Um, it was kind of the retro throwback to their original Nintendo system, um, and it was a very small um, device that had 30 games preloaded on it. Uh, came with you know a controller that looked just like the original um, Nintendo, just in a smaller package, and, and it was a huge hit. It was only sixty dollars, and you know they became hard to find very quickly um, because so many people were wanting them, nostalgia, all that kind of stuff. So they stopped selling those completely. Nintendo just stopped making them earlier this year, um, which made the aftermarket for those a pretty hot commodity. They were you know being sold for upwards of two hundred, two hundred fifty dollars. Um, so it was crazy, and I wasn't going to spend that, but. This year, they're doing the same thing with the SNES and having the SNES Classic. Um, it releases on September 29th, um, and obviously, because of how last year went, I knew that it wasn't going to be around forever. So if, when it came out, I was going to get one regardless. Cause it was 80 bucks, so I was like, I'm going to get one. So last Friday, Walmart posts on their website pre-orders for this device. It goes up. I see it on Twitter. I'm stoked. I click on the link. I get my pre-order in get the email confirmation, everything's good. It says it's going to ship on October 5th. I couldn't be more excited. Don't have to worry about you know missing out on this one. Um, a few days later, I start to see on the internet that Walmart may have accidentally posted that pre-order page early um, and that it may not, not have been purposely posted on there and it's not supposed to go live. So um, I got a little bit nervous. I thought I saw a lot of people's orders that were getting canceled and I thought, you know, maybe they um, they, they miscalculated the pre-orders and, and kind of authenticated some purchases that were that were not actually they didn't have pre-orders left um, or something like that. So I was you know hoping that that I, my order would, would continue on. Um, and, and after three or four days, I still mine hadn't been canceled yet. Everything was okay, um, and it kind of died down. I didn't hear anything. And then um, on Thursday, I believe I, I read that all of the 
orders were going to be canceled because of the because it was an issue on, on Walmart's end, and, and they posted that pre-order page too early. So that kind of made me mad. Um, I, my order still hadn't been canceled. I was kind of checking my email, and then I got the email from Walmart saying that um, you know it was they apologized and and then we're kind of letting everybody know the deal and what happened. And um, it was it was really just a bummer because I, I felt like. I got lucky and the, the process went really smoothly and I wasn't going to have to stress about um, getting in on pre-orders when, when it was really live and um, wouldn't have to worry about missing out and then, you know, paying for an aftermarket price or all, all that kind of stuff. I just, I just wasn't going to be a worry and I had it locked in and I was ready to go. Um, and then I get that email that it was canceled and, and it was, it was a bummer. I got I gotta be honest. Um, I was pretty bummed, but um, still definitely going to, going to try to pre-order that when it does come out. Um, but, it, but it did kind of show that, all the people because because walmart's pre-orders sold out pretty quickly um and and so it, it showed that even even when when the device isn't officially listed there are plenty of people no myself included that that are ready to, to to get get in line to pre-order that so um it was kind of a kind of a fiasco on walmart's side there were probably a lot of uh, upset nintendo fanboys out there um it was it was the first time i'd ever actually ordered anything from walmart um, since the pre-order wasn't available on amazon and where i normally order stuff um i got it on, on walmart and and you know might be the last time i order something from walmart um so we'll see kind of uh, over the next month when the pre-orders actually do go live hopefully um I'll, I'll probably try to order from amazon honestly but i'm still excited for this console it's, it's a really cool thing i was actually able to get an nes classic today um, through amazon's treasure truck that they take to various cities um, there was one um, that went to atlanta and my book good buddy um, jonathan rogers shout out to you jonathan um, hooked it up and was able to stop by the truck and grab me one and actually picked himself up one so um, kind of a win-win for everybody so I'm excited to get that, and and even though it's it's months after um, their initial release, I'm I'm really glad to get one for, for collecting purposes. Um, I think these classic editions are really cool, and the NES was the first console that I ever had um, as as a kid. So I, you know that's the first thing I remember playing on. Um, so I'm really excited about that, and, and to you know play some games that I probably didn't really fully take advantage of as a kid, but get to play those now. So. Um, I, just, I just really love these classics from Nintendo, and I hope they keep doing them. I hope they do it for the N64 next year, which some leaks suggest that they will. But uh, just kind of a bummer about the SNES. Um, so I'm going to be on the lookout for that pre-order page. If this happened to any of you guys out there, if y'all pre-ordered it and it got got canceled from Walmart, um, feel free to reach out on, uh, on Twitter. Let's talk about it. I'm sure y'all are as bummed as I was. But uh, still a lot of cool stuff coming out of Nintendo, and uh, we'll be on the lookout for them. So probably unsurprising if you've been listening to my previous episodes, um, kind of the main thing that I wanted to talk about today was some more news that came from Elon Musk um, and his various companies. Uh, starting off, Elon Musk's boring company, um, there was some news came out of there. He tweeted on Thursday, July 20th, um, that he had received verbal government approval for the boring company to build an underground New York to Philly to Baltimore to D.C. Hyperloop. Um and that it'd be New York to DC in 29 minutes. Um, so that's, that's a big claim and, and kind of needs a little bit of unpacking. First of all, the fact that he said that he got government approval, um, that, that'd be a big deal if that happened. Um, if he actually got some sort of written approval from the government to build this, that's a big step in the direction that he's wanting to go with the boring company and this underground tunnel hyperloop system. Um, it's pretty unclear at the time if he actually got, written approval or if it was some sort of side conversation that he had with some sort of government official 
where he, you know, said that that he would be able to approve it and, and it didn't really become official. It's kind of unclear what what the situation is there, but um, different government agencies kind of said, you know, that they were in talks with him, but they hadn't actually verbally or, or had a written agreement um, that he, he could get started on that. So kind of un, uncertain on what, what's going on there. Um, but he followed that up with another tweet mentioning that um, they'll start the New York to D.C. Um, hyperloops in parallel. So they'd be building those at the same time, um, as well as the city centers that would go along with them, um, kind of the hubs where, where you would, you know, go to, to actually get on these hyperloop tracks. Um, so, it, again, it's, it's kind of a, a big deal for him to, to say that he's got government approval. It doesn't really seem that he has the written verbal, verbal government or written approval that he needs from the government at this point. Um, but the fact that those conversations are happening is a great sign for the boring company and Elon Musk. And, and for, you know, for us, the fact that, that these conversations are even being had and this could be maybe take a little bit less time than, than we were originally hoping um, and kind of get this mass transit system going that I think that'd be really cool. So um, and it, it also it does appear that that Hyperloop One, um, the company, is going to be working with Musk to build these. So it kind of be a, a Hyperloop One and Boring Company um, partnership there. Um, but you know, New York to Philly, to Baltimore to DC. If you can get from New York to DC in 29 minutes, um, that that would kind of change the way that people uh, people travel around that area. There's a lot of people that go to New York and DC regularly by train. Uh, so being able to do that in 29 minutes, that that can make it an afterthought, and just going up there for even go up there for lunch or something. It's, it just completely changes how how you think of travel and, and, and getting from from one city to another. So um, this the whole hyperloop and, and boring company concept is something I'm really excited about. Really, most things that Elon Musk does, I get pretty excited about. So this is just one other. Um, so I'll be definitely kind of watching this and, and see if. If there's anything comes of, of his statement that he got verbal uh, verbal government ac- approval, um, and, and once some of those licensing and, and approvals get get made, then uh, then maybe we'll actually start to see some of these these hyperloop tracks built um, in some of these major cities. So it'll be really cool and really exciting um, again for just kind of how we think of travel and uh, getting from A to B. Some more Elon Musk news um, regarding some of the stuff that I've discussed in the past about the Model 3. Um, kind of mentioned a couple weeks back about the Model 3 potentially being ready for production and kind of the first production model rolling off off the assembly line. And um, yesterday, Friday, we actually had the first 30 um, models given to their owners. Um, it was for um, actually for employees, 30 select employees from Tesla got their Model 3s at a handoff event in Fremont, California. Um, so it was a really exciting event. There were obviously a lot of media there, a lot of um, a lot of Tesla employees and, and really, really a monumental moment for Tesla um, and kind of can set the stage for, for their future and for electric the electric car industry as a whole. So it was really the first time that we got a good look at the Model 3. Um, we'd seen a lot of, you know, obviously the outside and, and kind of the, the styling from there, but hadn't seen a whole lot on the inside. Um, and so inside it does have, it just has one 15-inch bezel-less screen um, that controls kind of everything. Um, there's not, you know, a dash in the, in the center above the steering wheel. It's just this one screen that controls it all. Um, and, and Musk 
vision and goal with that is that, you know, it's going to become increasingly autonomous and you're not really going to need to look at the screen. So um, why, why make it take up too much space or why add all this other functionality that's not going to be necessary in a few years. So um, really expect for this one main screen to kind of be the hub and, and control everything of the car. Um, so it, it was really sleek looking. It was a great looking display. Um, definitely flowed well with the interior of the car. Um, it does have two variants. The big selling point with this car is that it starts at $35,000 and the standard model does start at $35,000. Um, it has a 220 mile range. Uh, it goes 0 to 60 in 5.6 seconds and it has 130 mile per hour top speed. Um, so you're still getting a great car um, for you know for $35,000. Obviously, um, it's still a Tesla. Uh, the 20, 220 mile range is great. Uh, that's, that's, that's a pretty significant range and, and should allow for uh, less less charging. Um, 0 to 60 in 5.6 seconds that's still moving pretty pretty doggone good so you know it's not it's not going to be a, your slow uh, a slow car by any means um, and then there is the long range model um, it starts at $44,000 so 9,000 more than the standard um, has a 310 mile range and goes from 0 to 60 in 5.1 seconds with a 140 mile per hour top speed so again no slouch um, in, in the actual car performance there. Um, the, the car does not actually have a key. Um, there's no key fob or not even an ignition in the car. Um, everything is kind of controlled through the phone app. Um, so, yeah, the Tesla app handles starting the car, turning it off, unlocking, like all that kind of stuff. Um, it does have, um, it comes with two small NFC enabled cards for, you know, say you're out to dinner and you need to give uh, a key to the valet or something like that. You can give that to them and um, it's NFC enabled and, and you can tap on the car to authenticate and, and kind of, um, unlock and, and, and start the car and all that kind of stuff. So um, if you kind of thought out those kind of things, which is really cool, I think that's a cool idea for, for valets and, and things like that. Um, Elon did say that if you order a Model 3 now, you probably won't get it until the end of 2018, which, you know, that's a little bit disappointing, I'm sure, for people that were kind of waiting until they were actually able to see the car and didn't put down that $1,000 to pre-order. Um, but that's just kind of how it goes with Tesla. Um, you know, the last few years, like I've mentioned before, the Model S and the Model X were kind of what funded and, and made the, the Model 3 available. Um, so... They're still still working on kind of the kinks in, in production and, and being able to get these cars out fast. They're hoping to be able to build, um, I believe, 10,000 a week um, by the end of the year um, and hopefully, I think, 5,000 within the next couple of months. So they're hoping to get these out quick. A lot of people pre-ordered them, so there's going to be a, kind of a long line um, in front of you. But, you know, if, if, he did also say that if you get a Model S or a Model X, you're going to get that within about one or two months. So they've, they've, they've been able to, to get the production pretty pretty well figured out with those those cars um, so hopefully they can with the model three because that's going to be the one that everybody's trying to get and everybody um is, is really anxious to see and, and it's kind of their uh their flagship product moving forward so um you know again elon musk and tesla the boring company spacex all these things are always uber fascinating to me and, and i like to keep up with everything he does so i'm sorry if i feel like y'all feel like i'm talking about him too much but um he he makes these headlines in the news that you really just can't ignore with what he's doing. So um, great stuff coming out of, of Tesla and the boring company um, and, and Elon Musk as usual. 
that is going to wrap it up for this episode of Plugged In. I hope that you guys enjoyed those topics. Um, again, I apologize that I have kind of been slacking and getting anything posted over the last couple of weeks. I've honestly been really busy with um, some of these side projects that I'm working on, I'm working with a small group and, and kind of had to do some redesign um, and, and spent a lot of time doing that. So wasn't as able um, as I usually am to, to, to record and, and really sit down and, and get these news topics um, figured out and, and decide what, what I wanted to talk about. So I apologize for that. Um, I will be at least trying to do at least one weekly show, um, but hopefully you know, get back to maybe two or three a week. Um, can't really promise a, a consistent schedule, but really hoping to, to at least one or two a week uh, to get to get the get the news out there. Um, one other thing I did want to mention um, is the season two trailer for Stranger Things came out. Um, actually, the Comic Con in San Diego, there was a few trailers that were shown, and season two of Stranger Things was one of them. Um, it was really cool just to see kind of where that that show is headed. I, I really loved season one. And uh, so season two is coming out right around Halloween this year, October 27th, I believe. So um, check out that trailer on YouTube if you're interested in that show. Um, I believe there were a couple other trailers shown that uh, that were pretty interesting. But um, I think uh, Westworld was one of them. Um, but the, you know, that show doesn't return until kind of early 2018. So got a little bit of time left on that. But two shows that I'm really excited about um, coming out. So check those trailers out online on YouTube or, or wherever. Um, they're, they're, they're pretty interesting and and just you know maybe miss those shows that much more um so again that's that's gonna do it for this week um i hope that you, you all have a great rest of your weekend um i've got a little bit of more work i need to get done this afternoon but um, definitely looking forward to kind of relaxing a little bit tonight and, and into tomorrow on sunday um so if you're listening to this in the anchor app please feel free to drop a voicemail um i will make sure to feature that in in the next episode um kind of with a response to any questions or feedback that you have um if you're not listening to the anchor app or you're listening um on one of the various podcasting platforms thank you for listening um please feel free to reach out to me on Twitter. I'm definitely most active on Twitter over any other social networks. I'm at Paul Jones B and at plugged in underscore tech for the show's account. Um, so I'd love to get any kind of feedback that you guys have um, on the show, on the topics, anything like that, or really just reach out if you want to talk about anything. Um, just really get into the tech. I'm, I'm always available to talk. Um, so look forward to talking to you guys on there. Um, again, I will be back hopefully sometime this week, but, uh, like or subscribe to the channel if you're in the anchor app um, go ahead and subscribe to get those notifications or whichever podcasting app you're listening to so you can um, get notified when new episodes are posted um, but that is going to do it i hope that you all have a great rest of your weekend and i'll talk to you in the next one peace